You are listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about this show, as well as the other show I do, How to Stan, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com and subscribe to my newsletter at howtostan.substack.com. K-pop interviews, album reviews, and more. Subscribing is free, but if you want to continue to support my work, feel free to donate. Click the support the show button on the homepage at 17karatkpop.weebly.com. Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop and my Best of the Month Roundup. If you want to read the article corresponding to this episode that includes playlist links for all the albums and videos I talk about, as well as more elaboration on these artists' work, visit howtostand.substack.com and you'll see my latest piece there. Make sure you subscribe for free, too. Then you get this in your inbox every month. The usual caveats apply with this top 20 countdown. There is going to be some bias because I'm human and a genuine fan for this work. But I always do carefully think through and try to balance my subjective takes with my more objective reflections on these releases. And since I listen to literally hundreds on hundreds of releases in the worlds of C-pop, C-rock, J-pop, J-rock, K-pop, etc. every month, I like to consider myself quite qualified to point out which ones stand out from the pack, which are exceptional, vocally, in terms of instrumentals, music videos, etc. With that caveat out of the way, let's get to the top 20. Number 20. The new girl group Bugaboo, with their self-titled Nusan and album. Bugaboo is, first of all, a very cute band name. Second of all, a very cute video. It feels like they are really playing around with a bunch of potential concepts for them to dive more into going forward. Like, they're intentionally not sticking to one sound or vibe yet. They're really seeing what the reaction is to each part. Because the music video is almost like they tried and abandoned several video concepts and then decided to just throw the pieces all together. It's quite an interesting video, I'll say that. Where there are a lot of different settings, aesthetics, ideas thrown together, but it's all with the help of a catchy song. Definitely keep your eyes on this group. I feel like their future releases will be just as unique. Number 19. OWV. With Chaser. For the millionth time now, I must say, if you are a K-pop fan and you really want to give J-pop a try and don't know where to start, first of all, get your feet wet with J-pop. Don't do what I did and dove headfirst into J-rock. I started listening to baby metal. That was my introduction to the world of Japanese music, and I was very overwhelmed. So, you need to take time to really familiarize yourself with the fast pace and feel of Japanese music. So, try pop first. The other thing is that OWV is perfect. There are a lot of subtle differences I hear in the delivery and just sound of J-pop versus C-pop versus K-pop songs. But OWV, I don't hear those differences. They really are kind of a K-pop group only in Japanese, so I definitely think they could really take off if only given the publicity. Each song is kind of its own K-pop comeback theme. Tropical songs, high-energy stuff, slam dog is it, piano-driven stuff, chill songs, more contemplative ones, it's all there. 
Number 18. Twice. With the feels. First of all, this video just visually is perfect. So cute. Their enormous closet, the outfits they chose to wear to the school dance, their cheerleader-esque performance. It's just all so cute, so stylish, and so very twice. And I don't know if this was intentional or not, but it seemed like through their wardrobe, they were combining quite a few of the styles from previous eras. The what is love, prom ready outfits, the cheerleader looks like from the cheer up era only, now they added sparkles, so that's automatically better. The preppy looks, kind of like some of the plaid from Yes or Yes. It just felt like a lot of subtle nods to past work, which would make sense as this is their first only English song marking the start of a brand new era for them. A new exciting chapter for them musically and music video-wise. Number 17. Egoist. With Bang. Aptly titled, because it is indeed a banger. It is just the perfect mix of, well, this is a lot of what Egoist does, but I feel like even better than usual blends EDM with rock. So it's a really hardcore, headbang-worthy song, but it's also techno. It's their own unique niche of electro-rock. Basically, I summarize it as if you asked someone to play dubstep in a haunted house or in a scary movie. They said, fine, you can play dubstep here, but you've got to match this vibe. Because it's got a lot. It's got screams and whispers, echoes, shattered glass, a bunch of sound effects, haunted house vibes, but make it electro-pop. Really unique and impressive. Number 16, Dream Note, with Dreams Alive, in the title track, Ghost. Honestly, I haven't thought about Dream Note for a hot minute. I believe their last comeback was Wish in January 2020, so long time no see. I mean, there was the Dragon Ball Z thing. I mean, for them, for non-OST purposes, they have not been around in forever. So I wonder if this new direction is not just a one-time thing. Maybe after extended time off, they decided that forevermore, they will be going in this darker direction. Which I would not mind, because this eerie castle setting, the howls, and just overall spooky vibe of the new single, it's very unique, period, and unique for them. Seeing more of their dark side, it's a surprise, but I think this new, mature side of them they pull off well. Number 15. Blitzers. With the new album Seatbelt, in the new title track, Will Make a Mistake. No hate or anything. I'm not saying they copied them, I just think it's an interesting connection. Doesn't this new song from Blitzers, Will Make a Mistake, sound a lot like Cheese by Stray Kids? I think it sounds just like Cheese. Anyway, it's very fun, though. It sounds like kids goofing off playing on a playground, almost. Playful screaming, and in the video, the members are running around building stuff, dreaming, daydreaming. It's really cute. Definitely, again, I've got to tap into my eternal Spongebob fan here for a second. Definitely, the Spongebob Lost episode came to mind because the whole plot is trying to build a flying machine. Spongebob remains influential everywhere. Anyway, they do end up building a flying machine. They try a cannon. They try to fly via wings that look homemade. They eventually make a flying car of sorts that travels not just through the air, but into outer space. How is that for leveling up? 
It's got really cute lyrics, too, about, Hey, look at me, the sky's the limit. They sing as they enter outer space. They also say predictions and miscalculation. I like that. It's just a message about trusting your gut and going for it. They do have their emotional, more dramatic moments on some of the album's B-sides, like the piano-backed Love Bottle, Raindrop is a nice send-off, great ending scene for when the credits roll on a movie, really well done. Number 14, Espa with Savage. This continues their journey into the metaverse, and they really do really well channel their characters. Their alter egos in this parallel universe. It's a very immersive, continuous music video storyline that they managed to pull off, and not every artist could, so that deserves applause on its own. But also, the marketing around this release is really smart. Certain physical album copies of Savage include a QR code, and then you can access this AR experience of their metaverse world. You become part of the story part of the action. And as we talked about on previous episodes, this fan-focused, fan-interactive, reciprocal relationship trend in fandom culture is the future of fandom. Taking passive fans and turning them into active participants, not just audience members. So I think this is a very cool step in the direction SM Entertainment has been focused on, which is applying their Call Me an acronym cartoon, animation, webtoon, motion graphics, avatars, and novels. It's a very layered storyline marketed in a layered way as well. It's also got a good variety that introduces us more to Espa. I honestly was going to get ready to get real mad if they announced another comeback that was just a single. They deserve to release more than that with months apart between songs. So luckily this time, they did get to show more of a range Yuppie Yuppie sounds like it's going to be a perfect finale song when they can go on tour again. A really fun encore song that I could picture playing when confetti falls and they take their final bow. That song is also peak Espa because the pre-courses, the bridges, each part of that song feels very not disconnected from the others but distinct. So it's kind of like Next Level, the song that felt like three songs in one. It's got that feel to it, like several songs were put together. They change up their vibes on energy, which is spelled with an A in front, like the name of the group. That's a cool introduction to who they are and each member's skill set for their parallel world, what they have to offer it. Lucid Dream is naturally a dreamier vibe, sad and more reflective. It's about past love. So the album has its tender and just fierce, combat-ready, alter-ego-driven moments. Number 13. Pixie, with Fairy Forest Temptation. Pixie continued to develop a very unique and interesting music video world that we will dive into more in future episodes, but for now I will say I love how they keep distinguishing themselves. It's quite predictable that they would get comparisons to Dreamcatcher, Pink Fantasy, these other goth aesthetic K-pop groups. But truly, I think they're really doing something unique. They really are doing their own thing with their story and aesthetics. They have a very cool, challenging-looking dance routine in this video. Lots of quick cutaways give the video the feel of a movie trailer. The video itself is full of suspenseful scenes. 
The best way I could describe the sauna addicted is that it sounds like someone being pulled into a sinkhole. I don't know, they're getting dragged into hell or something. But it fits the song. And that's the case on the other songs too. Moonlight is an interesting new direction for them, but it goes along with its animated comic book superhero music video. Number 12, Lee Jinhyuk, with Control V in the video for Work Work. My piece containing a bunch of reactions to the tracks on this album that can be found on howtostand.substack.com, so that's where you can find my thoughts about it. I will just say really quick now, the music video is beyond adorable. It's the work bear that basically keeps him in a hug or plays on the seesaw with him, plays games with him in a way that prevents Jin Hyuk from spending too much time playing. He can't move the seesaw once the bear sits on it. He can't get up from his work at his desk when the bear is hugging him, but also kind of just pressing down on his shoulders. It's a very adorable villain slash hero. Number 11, Dust Cell, with Confession. This is such a fast-paced album. If you're not into electro-pop, very EDM, remix-ready pop, this may take some time to get used to. But if you're like me and listen to a lot of that genre, you will know how well done this one is. It stands out from others like it. And it just has this really unique roller coaster, takes a lot of different unexpected sonic directions, keeps changing speeds. Very memorable, fast paced, fun. Definitely the best tracks are Mad Hatter and Corrupted Life. Dramatic much? I love the drama. Number 10. CN Blue with Wanted in the video for Love Cut. First of all, I did not realize how much I missed CN Blue until this came out. Truly, they have been so iconic for so long. The amount of bops they've gifted us over the years, we need to stop and appreciate that more. They are not talked about enough. And they are back with another bop. The whistling, the guitars, it's been in my head since it came out. So many highlights in that song alone. The other songs are classic C and Blue too. It's just so exciting. It's a great reminder of, hey, remember us? We're back with the same vibe you missed. I'll feel their absence now between comebacks again. They reminded me how good they are. They're also really good visual storytellers. The Love Cut video is a Wild Wild West story. I won't give spoilers, but it's kind of a hostage situation. But then there's quite the unexpected plot twist. Anyway, it's a very fun, at first very serious, but at the end very silly, music video mini-movie of sorts. Number 9. Epic High Face ID. They packed so much into just a few minutes, they could have done a whole separate song for each part of this social media commentary, but they put it all into one song. So imagine how jam-packed with thought-provoking messages their next full album will be if each song is this chock-full. Because they address everything from social media making people feel emboldened to do things they wouldn't have the guts to say or do to someone's face. Mithra raps about how I've never seen anyone raise a fist once we're face-to-face. -face. I raise a hand and they try to shake it. They talk about the need people feel that is, frankly, pointless to measure up on social media. Gary Boy says, good job documenting your journey. Write a novel. That's a great line. 
instead of writing that caption, go write a novel with that energy. They talk about the importance of having real connections, not solely through social media. In the video reminds me of Crayon and some other G-Dragon videos that are just so beyond comprehension. Just super goofy, over the top, no one knows what's happening, quirky props galore, quite the clash of aesthetics and no one really knows what they're going for, but that confusion is kind of the point and makes the video art in itself for critiquing other art in a way. It's ironically art to find a way to call out and truly bring into question what is art. Anyway, this video is art, and this song is art. And I'm very excited for the serious, but also super silly antics we will get to see and hear when Epic High is Here Part 2 finally drops. Number 8. Ailey, with the new album Amy, in the new video for Don't Teach Me. One of the artists I'm talking about today that reminds me of just how good they are, and made me think I didn't realize how much I missed their music until now. Ailey is one of those artists. Truly, her voice is as powerful and just amazing as ever. And so this very doo-wop-y, retro flair to her sound really suits her voice. And her voice meets that sound just makes for a really great album. The music video is so cool. It's quite the fun twist on. At first, it looks like... A Cinderella story, but then she basically just keeps on being her independent self and steals the show. She wears a little black dress, she wears a ballerina look, a more flapper-esque sparkly dress. Just a beautiful voice, beautiful clothes, beautiful palace setting, also beautiful. And if now you're feeling Ailey nostalgia for her previous releases, don't forget about her impeccable cover of I Will Always Love You. I know, I know. That song feels untouchable. Like, what are you doing? Why would you ever risk messing up that cover? I don't know how she did it, but you gotta trust me. Check out Ailey's cover of I Will Always Love You and just prepare to be mesmerized. Just having an Ailey voice appreciation moment before we move on. Number 7. Jun Somi with XOXO. This is a really cool continuation of Dum Dum, her last single. She actually admitted her next single was gonna be XOXO or Dum Dum, and they couldn't choose. So the fact they have a related music video story makes sense. And I'm glad they chose to go with Dum Dum first. Because in that video, her story is going through the typical high school movie romance experiences. Walking down the halls, feeling like you're that girl, running into your crush, or, you know, you know, quote-unquote, running into them, spilling your books, and looking them in the eyes as they pick them up for you. All that stuff. Freaking out while texting her crush and sitting in her bedroom. Just the light, fun, feeling butterflies scenario. Now with XOXO, we see the other side of that relationship. That he's cheated on her, and she seeks revenge. And she goes on quite the extra revenge-seeking adventure. It's definitely a dance cry pops on, like Dua Lipa, where it's sad but also oddly empowering and fierce. I also wonder who else noticed some possible nods to Blackpink. With the lovesick girls type sledgehammer to windshield situation, she talks about being solo now, on the car, like Jenny did in her solo video, just saying. I think the best song on here is Anymore. 
Stuck in a beautiful nightmare? That's a great line. That sums up a lot. Quite the oxymoron, but that irony is perfect to try to explain a tough relationship in so few words. Beautiful nightmare. She talks about being stuck there, wondering if her love still thinks of her ever anymore. And I think that song stands out to me because it shows a new side to Somi's voice we haven't gotten to hear before, and more emotional depth than previously. And I was reminded while listening to it of comments she made quite a while ago, but they stuck with me, about how when you work with JYP Entertainment, they really encouraged their singers to sing at a high pitch, in a very airy way. There's just a specific vocal delivery they prefer. She was on this variety show saying this, so she kind of demonstrated to them the difference. Her quote-unquote normal voice versus JYP voice. And you can definitely tell she's using now her quote-unquote normal voice. And I'm just happy for her to be able to do that. So this is just Somi, new and improved, and more authentic than ever. Number six. N hyphen. Dimension Dilemma. I talked a ton about this on the episode called N hyphen's Dual Worlds. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it here. But I will say, well done. I love that they continue the format of starts with an intro and ends with an interlude or an outro, depending on where in the story they are. They really deliver their musical story like a TV show, episode by episode, starting with an intro that's like a last time on the show segment, then the new songs, then at the very end, a next time on blank TV show style segment. So they continue to tell stories in a serialized way. This is an interesting moment because they're done with the Border series of releases. They are onto the Dimension series. So Jake said about this new era they are embarking on that they spent all this time viewing themselves as on the border between trainees and real post-debut rookie artists. Now, he says, their music will focus on processing all of the feelings they have experienced during their time. They're stepping into a new dimension. It's quite an inflection point for their story. The standout B-side is definitely Go Big or Go Home. Obviously Blockbuster 2, but Go Big or Go Home is so perfect for the dance floor. It's just, I could picture it being a Western radio hit if it was promoted as such. Steve Aoki, get on the remix, please. Number five, Woods, with only Lovers Left, in the new single, Waiting. Truly, this single may be one of the best songs of the whole year. And I say that as someone who, like I said, listens to literally hundreds of new songs every month of the year. But Waiting by Woods, really something special. The instrumental and his voice just pair together so well. One doesn't overpower the other. He just does things with his voice that are incredible. It is just so catchy, so well made. And the rest of this album also is very well produced. And it has a lot to it. The songs are quite deep and emotional, as the album title would suggest. Woods is just very mature now. It feels like he's grown up a lot, even since the last comeback. And this new, darker, more serious persona, it fits his voice well. And the album explores these many layers to a relationship and your feelings surrounding it. There are songs like Multiply that are more vulnerable. But then you have the more confident kiss of fire. But at the end of the day, he's still just waiting for that perfect love. 
and that is why Waiting is actually at the end of the album. Usually a title track is first or second, but Waiting is the last track. So it's almost like a, a time loop. You go through this emotional roller coaster, listening to Woods' ups and downs as he describes them, and then at the end he's like, I'm still just waiting. Lots of instruments combine for a cool effect too. Tambourines, bass, strings, it's a lot. Number four, Luz with Faith. First of all, he understood his assignment. Nails this goth prince vibe. Never ever breaks character. He just runs the show and has this incredible vampire look. The album is also consistent, so it's like really one very long song. Like a musical or a scary movie. Like a G-rated scary movie. It's not like jump scare music, but it's spooky season music with an appeal that can last all year round. Basically, an audio-only version of a scary movie. There are moments of screaming glass breaking, but also a lot of traditional instruments, I guess you could say. Your guitars, your pianos, your trumpets, they all play a part. It's just a very interesting and cohesive, dark, unpredictable, twist-and-turn-filled listening experience. The most unpredictable is probably Dolore, which sounds like three songs in one, keeps speeding up and slowing down. I don't know what's happening, but I love it. Then there's Glare and Despair which take things into a more somber direction. Despair is interesting. It sounds like it's actually being performed in church, the way their voices reverberate. Hence the name of the album, Faith. And this album will take you to church. Number three, Chanmina with Harenshi. This new album has a bit of everything. Picky has these cool flutes. There are sultry songs like Angel... Songs where she's more in her feels, like Sun. Retro, doo songs, like A Present From Him. Old school hip-hop and rap vibes on Period. Tropical sound to Morning Mood. Then there's the best track, which is the one that's just called Smiley Face, I guess. Like how you make a smiley face with the keyboard, with the arrows and the underscore. It's a really next-level energy song. That is way too short, but other than that, the bass... The whistles, it's just really top tier. And I've decided the best way to describe her delivery is she is a performer who has an over it look on her face with an I'm so not over it delivery. She has very emotional songs, but she delivers them with this air of confidence and yeah, it's whatever energy. She's basically the cool girl everyone wants to be friends with, but she's elusive. She's very detached. Yet she has more sensitive songs. It's just this album has a ton of multitudes. And there are some songs that speed up, where she feels like she's just getting all the words out as fast as possible. On other songs, she's really stopping to reflect at a slower pace. Each song is quite short, too, so each type of song, you get to sample a little, and then it's on to the next song. So listening to this album just flies by. The music videos are... An acquired taste. Very over-the-top, extravagant. I love that extra-extra factor in videos, but some people don't. It's very intriguing and unique, for sure. In the video for Voice Memo 5, she's at this group therapy session, it looks like, but all the others are clowns. Literally, like, full makeup and wardrobe, clowns head to toe. They eventually kind of convince her to be one of them in a way. 
It's a long story. Number two, NCT 127, Favorite, the album repackage, and of course, the favorite, aka Vampire, music video. I already went on and on at length about both Sticker and the newly repackaged version, Favorite. So check out my extensive thoughts as well as new SM Entertainment Cinematic Music Video Universe theories about NCT's role in it all at howtostand.substack.com as well as on the episode called Favorite, and then in parentheses I believe it's NCT Talk Volume 11. You could also check out the episode called Sticker Is Here! Exclamation point for more. Now drumroll please for the shocking official 17 karat K-pop choice for best release of October 2021. 17 with the Rock With You music video and the album called Attica. This is another release I have dedicated a whole episode to talking about, which is just called Attica, and then in parentheses, 17 Talk Volume 6, I believe, 6 or 7, and in my newsletters, howtostandatsubstack.com. So let's just talk about my honorable mentions now, because I have a ton. This was a jam-packed month. First of all, I really, really, really wanted to add a 21st slot for Back On's new single. They're this Japanese group who I wouldn't categorize relatively as hardcore rock, but boy did they go there for their new single, Beyond Sadness. I mean, they delivered 120%. Energy was just sky-high start to finish. The bridge ends with this cool rewind sound. There's a distorted bass. Spaceship sounds. The whole thing sounds like one big headbane-worthy climax. No rising or falling action. Just staying straight at the most action-packed moment of a movie or something. Speaking of rock-leaning but not really, N-Flying has a repackage. Their album I talked about on a previous Best Of Roundup, Man on the Moon. And this repackage is called Turbulence. And I pick this for an honorable mention because... Album repackages I have a love-hate relationship with. They very much are a symbol of excessive consumerism, capitalism, a marketing gimmick. It's a smart one and it works, but it can still bug me at times. But at the same time, I do honestly just love, as a fan, to get bonus tracks as part of a repackage. It makes me better appreciate the pre-repackaged album, too. It keeps me excited as my favorite artists jump back into comeback mode really quick to promote a bonus track. So I, I love and don't love repackages. The ones that I really love more than I don't are ones where the new tracks feel meaningful. Not just another catchy song they reserved for you to buy another album copy, but ones that add a real genuine sounding continuation to their story and sound. So with N Flying here, they did that. The new title track, Sober, indirectly picks up where the last title track, Moonshot, left off. It's like they're in conversation with each other. Where Moonshot was very much, don't be afraid, take a leap, that messaging, Sober is a song that's kind of talking to someone, reminding them to stop and assess their surroundings. And how they truly feel. What are they trying to bury emotionally through whatever they're doing, 
instead of come out and address an underlying cause of their desire to be daring. So it's an interesting new direction for them. It adds something to their story, message-wise and sonically. It stands out and serves their purpose. Then there's Into Bloom, which is about becoming more mature, thanks to experience. Video therapy, that song is it. The string and bass layers and the fact it is a song to fans. Just really sweet and a bop. I also think it's impressive that the leader, Soon Hyub, composed and wrote all 13 tracks on Turbulence. Gotta give a shout out to CL's new album, Alpha. We're gonna talk about this a little bit more on the show this week, but she recently did an interview in conversation with Janae Aiko, and they were talking about their musical journeys, and she said, quote, My biggest dream is to become a mother. I really would love to be blessed to be able to do that. I didn't really have a life for 13 years. I decided to take some time off, and everything just stopped. And when it wasn't creating, I felt like I'm pregnant and not giving birth. So that's when I realized I wanted to continue doing this. That was my motivation. I realized that when I took some time off, I actually enjoy and love doing this. Unquote. First of all, it interested me to hear her express her biggest dream, not in terms of her music career or any career path, except she just wants to be a mom. Second of all, the way she talks about her time in 21 is kind of sad, but unfortunately not surprising. But I'm glad that she's really getting to shine as a soloist now. You could tell she's really stepping into her own solo light, as if she wasn't already. Her trademark confidence is back, but my point is that it feels like this album really marks a new dawn for her. A moment where she's realized what about the music industry kept her in it for so long, and now she wants to have her passion, her true, true passion, drive her career forward at the end of the day. And you could tell through her album, she's very much personalized this. There are more emotional tracks like Siren, but then there are classic CL tracks like Paradise and My Way. And she stays true to her roots, some traditional Asian instruments, titles like Chuck, which actually comes from the Korean word for pretend, she has plain words and things like that. And actually, fun fact, Hua refers to this song about the Mungun Hua. That song is also used in Squid Game. So she took from a Squid Game song, basically. Anyway, the point is she really incorporates her identity into her work. She was clearly very involved in the making of this album. And I'm so glad it sounds like she was genuinely excited to play that role. Some other fun facts. Other album credits include Anne-Marie and Nafla, and she originally recorded Let It with two former 21 members, which is interesting because that song is about not worrying what other people say about you, how they perceive you, trying to block out the noise. And as 21, I could see why she thought of doing this song with them, who have all experienced a ton of that noise directed at them. Would love to hear that version of the song still or another reflective song with the former 21 members about their true feelings about being in the group. Highs and lows. Next honorable mention. Kingdom with History of Kingdom Part 3, Ivan. Once again, through the Black Crown music video, Kingdom earn their crowns. Really cinematic video, really attention-holding, 
Plus, they have a beautiful princely wardrobe again. It's more of the same from them. And that's why I put it as an honorable mention and not in the top 20. It's not something super new and fresh from them, frankly. I mean, this new title track sounds a lot like their past two, Karma and Excalibur. So I love all three songs. If you love one of them, you love the other two. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But I'm just saying it was definitely very predictable. But it's still interesting in its own way. I love that they always have an intro that's very dramatic and sets the scene. I want to give a shout out to D-Day, the new EP from Hoodie. She's really a special artist. Really unique voice that really shines especially on the song Lights, which gives me kind of city pop vibes. It's a nice R&B album to showcase her vocals. Plus the D-Day music video is super cute. It basically features her going on a date. Meanwhile, this guy nearby is painting. So the guy offers to paint a picture of her and her date. Meanwhile, you know he's jealous of her in that date. So at the end of the video, when they go over to the easel to see the picture of themselves, turns out that painter actually painted Hoodie and him, not Hoodie and her date. Speaking of fun, props to Secret Number for their new song, Fire Saturday. It is fire. It's really mixing things up this time. Love that it has a lot of rapping. It's something just new and fun from them. And a great introduction to the two new members, Zoo and Mingji. Jo Yuri is ready to step out on her own after being an Eyes one. She has this new album and music video for Glassy. And it's really cute. It's really fun to watch her blossom in this way. She said she wanted to bring fairy tale vibes to life, her words, through this song. Through the video, I can kind of see that. I do hope she develops that theme further. A very aesthetic video for sure. And fun fact, she contributed to the song Autumn Memories with SG Wannabe's Lee Sukhoon. Shout out to Raiden's debut EP. Love Right Back is a great EP for showing off the talents of the people he works with. Quite a mix of collaborators. And he basically takes a backseat still in all of his songs. He just does his DJ thing and lets the artists shine. So it's quite a mix of sounds you get on this album. I personally think the standout is, besides Love Right Back, which features Tail from NCT and Illboy, is Golden with Xiao Jun from NCT and PH1. Yeah, very interesting, unexpected rapper and singer combos throughout this. Really cool how he's put these artists together I wouldn't have seen coming. Reminds me of the magic made when he brought together Changmo, Lehigh, and Shanyul for the song Yours. Really beautiful. Lastly, I want to give a shout out to J-pop artist Sky High. He has this new compilation album out. A lot of older hits, like To The First, which is still probably one of the best tracks of the year. Simplify Your Life is very horror movie ready. Definitely has the vibe of listening to someone stumble through a haunted house. But it sounds good, trust me. And that similar quirkiness also plays out on Panic. Not on this compilation, but that's a new single with Novelcore. Whenever Sky High and Novelcore team up, get ready for a treat. The song Panic similarly has that horror movie slash stumbling into different sound effects feel to it, but it sounds good. Hard to explain. Some quicker honorable mentions now. They don't want to run through super quick. Pluma and Chillin' Homie have a new single, Freaky, that's a bop. 
Luna's Madonna, L-U-N-A, is a bop as well. Plus, it's a very cool, colorful wardrobe. Cherry B has a new song featuring Huda of B2B. That song's called OOTD. It's got a super cute music video where she basically keeps getting drawn to her crush while they're at the laundromat. It's really cute. I love Sunmi's looks and makeover in her new video, Go or Stop. And speaking of impeccable fits, Eric Nam's look in I Don't Know You Anymore? Wowzers. A-plus for that outfit alone. J-Rock group Bandmade has a new EP to celebrate their single, Sense, which has a cool, mystical new music video, and just overall goes off. Bringing together their usual rock and EDM sounds, Passcode, another J-Rock fave. Real, one of my J-Pop queens, White Midnight is not a new song, but she did release this month the new music video for it. And her style is just fierce. She knows how to add pops of color to a video. She's really good at this performance art thing. I use video for Strawberry Moon is also very aesthetic, very cute. Magic carpet ride of sorts with her love. It's like Aladdin's A Whole New World, but make it cuter and have non-creepy lyrics. Ayu never says, don't you dare close your eyes. Ayu could do a whole new world. Aladdin could not do Strawberry Moon. Ash Island has a new song out called Play. That's part of a Google ad, but honestly, it goes off. Jessie is a fierce new song, Cold-Blooded. And I'm just going to say what I think a lot of us are thinking. Doesn't the Cold-Blooded instrumental sound just like WAP? Those instrumentals are like cousins, if not twins. Anyway, in more wholesome updates, TXT's Frost video is here and adds to their music video universe story in a new and interesting way that we will dive into more on a future episode of the show. As for the best English releases of the month, Palais Royale is back with the rock song Paranoid. The Weeknd and Swedish House Mafia teamed up for Moth to a Flame, which is the retro 80s sound The Weeknd is really thriving, performing. Really, really good collab. Lastly, I can't help it. He was one of the first rappers I got into. Yes, I contain multitudes. Really into certain rappers. Anyway, one of the greats, Big Sean is back. Not just with his own EP, but he has the song with Hitboy called What a Life, and he's just so good at this. So, although I still think more about the Dark Sky Paradise and I Decided eras than any of the others, but... That's a debate I will take off the show. (laughs) Thank you guys, as always, for listening to my recommendations. Check out more on my Substack. Thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all again very soon.